Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of April 29th through May 1st, 2022. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Apologies for the super, super late episode this week. Uh, we're doing something different this week. You know, we'll still go over the box office numbers for the weekend. But since this last weekend, uh, the only new opener of a film didn't even break the top five, most of the episode is actually going to be doing something different, which needed me to do a little bit more research, hence the late episode. Apologies. But, you know, like what I did in January, we'll be looking at the upcoming films for the next four months of the year. You know, as a reminder, I kind of, in my head, have divided the year into three thirds. Um, the first third, you know, January through April, which is just completed. Um, the peak summer period of May through August, which is, uh, you know, we are just starting out now. And then kind of the, the awards holiday season of uh, September through December. So we'll take a look at, you know, the films that we're expecting to come out week by week uh, and kind of, you know, where, where, um, what you can have to look forward to. Um, and we'll also take a look at the list of films that we think will either open to or gross $100 million for the year, which we're using as kind of like a benchmark for how much the domestic box office has recovered post-COVID um, and see if there's any change there since, uh, you know, since we made our initial forecasts back in January. And then we'll finally also go over some news from CinemaCon as well that I didn't get to cover last week. Moving to the numbers, uh, in first place, we have Universal DreamWorks Bad Guys uh, repeating in its second weekend at the top of the chart, dropping a very respectable 32% down to 16.2 million in 4,042 theaters per theater average of 4,017. By far, so far, their uh, total gross is 44.5 million, with another 78.3 million overseas for about 122.8 million worldwide. Now, remember, its production budget was only about $70 million, so it's nearing that break even point of about 150 million pretty quickly. Um, it should be another month or so as a de facto kids movie um, before Lightyear comes out. So that's going to be uh, you know good for uh, DreamWorks here. Uh, in second place, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 holds onto the number two spot for the third week in a row with 11.5 million in 3,801 theaters, 26% drop. Again, very respectable. Uh, per theater average for this week was $3,036. Uh, current domestic total is $161 million, crossing the $150 million mark. Um, adding it to the $141 million overseas, it's also crossed the $300 million global mark, uh, more than tripling the $90 million production budget at this point point. Uh, in third place, Fantastic Beast Secrets of Dumbledore in its third weekend is at number three again, dropping 41% down to 8.3 million in 3,962 theaters, down to a per theater average of about 2,097 and a running total of 79.5 million. Um, adding in to 250 million overseas, it also has hit the 300 mark, hit sitting at 331.9 million. Um, definitely, I think the chances of 400 million worldwide and their break even point is less and less likely. In fourth place, we have The Northman, which dropped 48% uh, in the second week. And not great, but also not completely terrible. Down to $6.3 million in its uh, holding on at number four for the second weekend. Per theater average of $1,939 in 3,284 theaters, running a total of $22.8 million. Another $18 million or so puts it at $41 million, uh, which is still a far cry from the $90 million production budget it had. And then finally, in fifth place, it's probably the most impressive performance uh, of the year so far. Everything, everywhere, all at once from A24 in its sixth official weekend made $5.5 million in 2,213 theaters. And that's actually a 2% increase versus last week. Uh, this is helped by an 80-theater growth up from last week up to 200. 
2213 as well as a return to IMAX for an extra boost of about $850,000. Um, per theater average was 2505 this week versus 2544 last week, so very minimal drop um, in terms of per theater average, um, basically flat. Overall, it's made about $35.5 million to date domestically, comfortably putting it into number four for A24 all time behind Hereditary's $44 million, Ladybird's $48.9, and Uncut Gems $50 million. There's a real chance it could make it through the A24's all-time best performing film. It basically has made 5 to $6 million consistently for the past four weekends, between 3 and $4 million over the weekdays. So, you know, about, call it, you know, 8 to $10 million, um, you know, in a... In for a given week um, now granted you know that is going to drop off I think uh, this week with um, you know the IMAX screens we just mentioned getting taken up by uh, by Doctor Strange um, but you know this relatively strong per theater average compared to some of the ones we've been mentioning you know again two and a half two and a half thousand against what um Against 1900 for Northman, 2000 for Fantastic Beasts. Um, I think it's definitely going to be able to hang on to some theaters, even uh, even if it's another multiverse film against Doctor Strange. Um, so yeah, I think it definitely, maybe it might, it, it could, it might fall a little bit sort of uncut gems, but there's a very good chance it could um, still get over there. You know, that's this is definitely a case of strong word of mouth helping this film out. Um, at this rate, another two weeks of about eight million or so should put it at uncut gems level. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing it eventually get there. Outside the top five, unbearable weight of massive talent uh, dropped forty six percent in its second weekend. Again, like the Northman, not great, but also not terrible. Funding total of thirteen point five million, which is a little bit, little bit better than the Northman. It's about halfway to the thirty million dollar production budget. I think this one's going to be more successful on streaming home media financially um, than in, the in theaters, given the nature of being a Nick Cage love letter, who is kind of the king of cult films. Um, moving then to number seven, the Lost City in its sixth weekend is holding very well, actually twelve percent drop only. Um, we'll talk more about them in a little bit, but it could help them get to that $100 million mark soon since they currently sit at $90 million. And then in eighth place, we have the only new major new film of the week, uh, Liam Neeson's latest venture with Open Road Films, uh, which is called Memory. Uh, this one opened to only $3.1 million, which is uh, you know, about where he's been for the past few films, Blacklight in February and Marksman in January, all about the same opening total. Um, other than that, nothing too interesting this week, box office-wise. Overall, in this quiet weekend, you know, the total box office was a modest $65.8 million. Um, this coming weekend is, of course, Doctor Strange 2, which we'll follow up on in a little bit, but it could be a $200 million, $200 million opener uh, all on its own with an estimated 4,300 theaters. Uh, reportedly, pre-sales from Fandango are 5x that of the original Doctor Strange, outpaces other MCU films like Captain Marvel, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and Thor Ragnarok. You know, um, there are reports that different theaters are running so times, you know, every five minutes. Um, you know, and you know, and the preliminary Rotten Tomato scores from critics are about seventy-eight percent, which is about where Captain Marvel, Black Widow, and Age of Ultron ended up. Um, I believe it actually also began its uh, international rollout earlier this week, but we'll cover that next week. Speaking of overseas, though, there is a new entry this week. Um, you know, this past weekend, Universal released the next Downton Abbey film in thirty-three markets for nine point three million. Top jet openers in UK, top top of the charts in UK and Australia. Older audiences turning out. Um, Downton Abbey does have its dedicated fans who you definitely should know not to underestimate if you were around for the first one. But I think it seems the turnout is a little bit lower than it was for the first film, um, so it might not hit the same highs. 
uh, checking in quickly with China. There are things are still bad over there with COVID, uh, though the bad guys still opened at 4.53 million total, up with a 9.1 on Mao Yan, though it's only the number two opener film this week in China behind the rom-com Stay With Me, making 8.4 million US. Um, this weekend is helped by the May Day celebrations, you know, May 1st, uh, Power to the People and all that, uh, pushing the box office for China up to the highest total in eight weeks with 24.5 million nationwide despite closures in Beijing and Shanghai. Now, looking a little bit ahead into China, there are some rumored uh, cancellations and confirmations of upcoming Western films. Apparently, Doctor Strange continues the recent trend of MCU films not making it into China. Uh, reportedly, there is some stray iconography of the anti-CCP group, uh, the Falun Gong, and their newspaper, the Epoch Times, in the trailer, which is the alleged reason given for the, uh, or you know, people are speculating that's the reason for it uh, being banned. Um, apparently, though, No Way Home, you know, they had asked that the Statue of Liberty be removed, um, and the final part of the film, which, you know, as you know, probably couldn't be done if you've seen the film. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Top Gun Maverick was also apparently banned, which is kind of ironic given that they they made a big deal or people were making a big deal about how they removed the Taiwanese flag pads uh, from the jackets. So, again, kind of ironic. Um, you know, and you know, also somewhat awkward, which is apparently Tencent uh, co-financed Top Gun Maverick. Uh, meanwhile, China does love the dinosaurs, and Jurassic World Dominion has been approved for an official release there. Uh, no official date for that just yet. Uh, turning real quick to the cinema con panels, last week I didn't get the chance to cover the last two, Paramount and Lionsgate, who were the, going on the last day of the of the conference. Um, Paramount on Thursday had a screening of Top Gun Maverick, um, which was very well received. They also featured animated films Paws of Fury, um, Damien Sazelle's Hollywood Love Letter uh, Babylon, and Mission Impossible 7's opening uh, next year, uh, which apparently is t subtitled Dead Reckoning Part 1, Part 2 coming in 2024. Uh, they also had a sizzle reel with the new title for the Dungeons & Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves, March 2023, uh, Scream 6 also coming in March, Transformers Rise of the Beast, June, not June, and then A Quiet Place uh, spin-off title of Day 1 coming in September. Uh, the last panel of the conference went to Lionsgate, um, with the big announcement being an apparent next chapter to the Dirty Dancing franchise. Um, what? Uh, in all seriousness, though, there was also you know some news about the Hunger Games prequel called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes for, Mar for November 2023. And then on the John Wick front of things, um, some footage from John Wick 4 coming in March next year, and the confirmation that the John Wick spinoff Ballerina, starring Anna de Armas, is filming this summer. Um, they also had some footage from their upcoming Borderlands video game adaptation. Now, outside of CinemaCon, some other news I don't think I covered last week. Uh, Disney is apparently adding the Indian film uh, Brahmastra Part 1 Siva, uh, which is part one of a trilogy being billed as India's first original cinematic universe. Um, they're adding it to the U.S. domestic slate for a September release this year. Um, given the success of Indian films at the box office uh, in the past month or so, not a surprise that they're making this move. Um, Disney also has added the new Haunted Manson film for March 10, 2023. Not sure why it's not a Halloween release date. Um, they also swapped dates for two of their upcoming Marvel films in 2023. Uh, the Marvels, uh, you know, based on the Cap you know the Captain Marvel sequel, um, and then Ant Man three, Ant Man and the Wasp three, Quantum Mania, um, you know, uh, between February 17th and July 28th. Ant Man now coming first, presumably do, being due the free, being further along production, and apparently Guardians three is still set for May. 
uh, moving away from Disney, uh, Justin Lin has apparently stepped away from working on the 10th Fast and the Furious film after some difficulties working on set with Vin Diesel. Um, Lin does stay on as producer. Um, there's no news yet on who it'll be the new director, though given production has already started, I'd imagine Universal wants someone sooner rather than later. And then looking ahead real quick, uh, on the indie side of things, Mubi, uh, the streaming service, has picked up the North American, UK, India, and Turkey rights uh, for uh, Park Park Chan-wook's Kane's debuting film, The Season to Leave, coming later this June. I'm excited for that. Uh, you know, movies definitely been uh, trying to grow, and you know, this is the biggest film date, f- film deal to date. Um, and you know, I have I have this to leave as one of two potential Korean Oscar nominees. The other being Broker by Hirokazu Koreeda. So I'm definitely looking forward to see both of those down the line. Um, there's also some news about streaming and Peacock earnings numbers and such, but I think uh, you know we'll leave those for now since there's a lot of talk about the upcoming slate of films. Now, before we talk about the films for the upcoming four months, I figured we should take a look back at the films that I had predicted for the first four months of the year would open to or gross over $100 million and what the rest of the year we have to expect. Um, as far as $100 million openers, though, the only one from January to August that I had predicted was The Batman, which did, in fact, open to $134 million, so that's on track. Uh, in the coming four months, there are four films, I think, where they have $100 million opener potential. Um, this coming weekend, of course, we have Doctor Strange 2. Many people are expecting that to be $200 million. Um, in July, we have both Jurassic World Dominion from Universal and then Pixar's Lightyear. Uh, and then in July, we have Thor, Love and Thunder, Never Get a Bet Against, against an MCU Film. Um, in the last four months of the year, the only two $100 million openers I have forecasted are Black Panther Wakanda Forever uh, in November, as well as Avatar 2 in December. So, you know, that's going to be up to seven films total, opening to $100 million. Um, I had said, you know, if we got to at least six out of seven, we would probably be on track for a recovery covered box office and looks like that might be the case so far. Now, looking beyond those that just opened $100 million, but kind of like the films that maybe don't open that high but are able to leg it out, what are the ones I forecast that gross over $100 million? Well, there are a couple of curveballs coming up uh, toward the end of the year since a lot of things kind of got moved around. Um, but, you know, for these first four months, uh, I had forecasted some uh, the following films hitting $100 million. Domestic, uh, Turning Red, Morbius, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2, uh, in addition, to, of course, to The Batman opening to $100 million. Um, and then I also had a couple of maybes from Uncharted and Lost City. Now, going through in order, you know, the first Turning Red film ended up being a uh, direct-to-Disney Plus release, uh, so not eligible, and that kind of gotten taken out of contention. Uh, Morbius ended up being a bit of a disappointment, um, despite the Sony, you know, No Way Home connection, supposedly. And while its theatrical run isn't over just yet, sitting at $71 million in week five, I think it's not going to get there, so, you know, that's that. I, I don't think, I think that's going to count as a loss. I could take that L. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, on the other hand, has hit $160 million domestic to date, so that's a win. Um, and as far as our maybes, you know, Uncharted ended up being a hit at $146 million domestic so far. The Lost Camp I'm putting in, uh, and I'm going to count it as half for now, um, you know, it's still in the maybe, has not yet officially hit $100 million, and it is in week six. But like I mentioned earlier, it has made $90 million to date. It's been dropping, less, you know, the drops have been becoming smaller and smaller week over week. Um, and, you know, it made $3.8 million this again this weekend with a 12% drop. So feasibly, right, if it repeats that for a couple more weeks, including the weekday numbers, it could inch over that $100 million mark by the end of its run. Um, so, you know, I would call that maybe two and a half out of five potential $100 million grocers. 
Now, looking to the next four months, I'd say the most likely $100 million grocer are probably Top Gun Maverick in May, Minions Rise of Gru and Bullet Train in July, um, and I think that's about it, actually. Um, Top Gun Maverick, you know, may be a 36-year-old sequel in the making, but if you think about it, basically it's just another Mission Impossible film starring Tom Cruise doing stuff in planes. Um, and, you know, none of those have made less than $130 million domestically for years at this point, so I think it's a safe bet that Tom Cruise will get there. Um, aside from those, you know, his lowest grossing films are recently are 2017's America Made and uh, The Mummy, which arguably had other problems for them, why they didn't get the $100 million mark. So again, I would I would bet with Tom Cruise on this one. Um, as far as Minions Rise of Gru, I actually could see this one being another $100 million opener since the first Minions movie, not Despicable Me, specifically the movie, the Minions spinoff, opened $115 million in 2015. Now, that was seven years ago. The Minions fad has kind of come and gone. Um, but, you know, despite all that, you know, even across all the Despicable Me films, they've all made at least $250 million domestically since 2010 um, each. So that's almost certainly a lock, I think, to get $100 million, even if it's, you know, half as successful as the previous ones. Now, Bullet Train is probably the biggest question mark here. Um, the biggest star, Brad Pitt, certainly has had some $100 million domestic box office films in recent years, such as, you know, well, not recent, but Mr. and Mrs. Smith in 2005, Ocean's 12 and 11, if you consider a heist film along this genre, and the Inglorious Bastards, as well as... Um, once Upon a Time in Hollywood, though he's more supporting there than lead. Um, as far as the director, David Leitz uh, uh, had success with Deadpool 2 and the Fast and the Furious Hobbs and Saw film, though those were more successful for the franchise than him specifically. Uh, his film Atomic Blonde got only $51 million at the domestic box office. However, I do think that Sony is probably pushing this one pretty hard. Um, I could see them pulling a Lost City with this one uh, and being a late summer uh, success story. So those are the three, I think, for sure that will probably get to $100 million. Now, there are a couple others, three specifically, that I have think have some potential, though I think only one of these three I think is realistically is probably going to get there. Um, Downton Abbey, like I mentioned earlier in 2019, just barely missed the $100 million mark with $96 million total domestically with a $31 million opening. Um, now, you know, it could make a case that the sequel, Downton Abbey, A New Era, this may has a sought as a result if, you know, it's kind of in going from there. Um, the fact that you know, we are seeing adults come back to movie theaters is encouraging uh, since it does target an older demographic. But again, based on early international numbers, it seems to be a kind of reduced appetite for this film. So um, I think it's going to probably end up on the wrong side of that $96 million, unfortunately. Uh, in July, we have Jordan Peele's Nope, and you know, as his as a director, his first two films, Get Out and Us, both ended up at 175 million dollars, almost exactly uh, with the same distributor partner, uh, Universal. Though um, those were also earlier in the year, I believe, like in the February March period. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Nope maybe get still past 100 million dollars uh, even in the summer in the summer period. Uh, it's not, and then finally, you know, a true outside shot. You know, the trailer literally dropped this morning as I'm recording this. Um, I think Easter Sunday in August may surprise. That's not a big shot, and I again, I am biased, but hear me out. Uh, Bullet Train opening in late July is probably the last action blockbuster of the summer we'll really see. And August is traditionally a bit of a dead period of the box office, where the weirder, more out there films that have a shot at getting 
building an audience, but um, and and breaking out a little bit wider, you know, tend to end up from the studios. Um, think Guardians of the Galaxy, both Suicide Squads, The Meg, Free Guy, Crazy Rich Asians. Um, the last one in particular, I think, might be the closest comparison to Easter Sunday. You know, both are about a very specifically Asian and Asian American experience, with Easter Sunday being even more specific about the Filipino American uh, experience. Um, and you know, maybe you might be cynical and say, hey, it's too small a demographic to really resonate with the broader audience. But you know, looking at the trailer this morning, I think some of the jokes could ha- find some universal appeal. And you know, there's also between that and then a potential gold open puss, you know, as happened with Crazy Rich Asians and Joe Corey's kind of relatively high profile and popularity as a comedian. Um, I think this could, you know, really pop off, I think, in that empty period of summer, especially if Filipinos like myself end up seeing it multiple times in theaters uh, to support the fam- the community and all that. So, um, I don't know if if crazy if if uh, Easter Sunday will get there, but I really would like to see it do so. Uh, in any case, you know, I would say that's between three and six hundred million dollar grocers plus the three hundred million dollar openers uh, for this upcoming four months. Um, I'd say the expected number is probably four, right? Uh, the three Top Gun, Maverick, uh, Minions, uh, and Bullet Train, uh, as well as uh, Nope uh, being the fourth one, um, and then the three openers, uh, you know, uh, the MCU films uh, and Jurassic. Jurassic World. So seven hundred seven total hundred million dollar grosses for the upcoming four months, putting our total by the end of August uh, at nine point five, you know, nine if 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 Lost City gets there, ten if it does, or ten if it does, nine if it doesn't. Now, I did say earlier in the year that you know we want to see maybe 20 or so total films hitting $100 million to be on track to a, a solid recovery. Um, however, there are a number of films that I think got pushed back to the next year that might be a little bit harder to pull off. Uh, Mission Impossible 7, Across the Spider-Verse, The Flash, Aquaman, and Mario are all pushed back into 2023. Um, that means that in September through December, aside from Black Panther and Avatar 2, um, there were, you know, these are the $100 million I believe we'll see. Uh, Black Adam, which got moved back to October from a summer date, uh, mostly off of the star power of Dwayne Johnson, but also being a DC comic book film. Uh, Sazam was moved up from next year to fill in the December slot against Avatar 2. Um, but, you know, the holiday season being, again, being uh, uh, the sequel to a film that made $140 million and was pretty well received um, should be enough to get it there. Uh, Creed 3, um, actually in November, I think is a, is one people might end up forgetting, but uh, the both prior Creed films has made more than $100 million, so I think that's, ha- that's in its favor to kind of t- have a three-peat turkey there. Um, Strange World is the newest Disney animated feature film releasing in November. Now, aside from their pandemic-era films, you know, which you know, had the weird situations, uh, all Disney animated feature films have made at least $100 million since Chicken Little uh, in 20, 2003 at the box office. Uh, so... I would say Strange World is probably going to make it there. Uh, and then finally, uh, Halloween Ends, which is the next in the Halloween franchise reboot. Um, the first one made $159 million uh, pre-pandemic. The second one made $92 million, but that's uh, because it was during the fears of, of Delta variant and such. So I think if the third one, uh, Halloween Ends, is very well received, I think it should be able to get to the $100 million mark by the end of it. So yeah, so that's, what, five more films I think that'll get there, so put it up at maybe like 15-ish or so. Um, and then, you know, I have uh, oh, 15, uh, 15 uh, plus, I guess, you know, the... Um 
plus the uh, two more uh, $100 million openers that I'm forecasting. Um, so maybe 17. Uh, and then, you know, I think there are two more films, you know, that might get there. Uh, maybe uh, Amsterdam is an upcoming David O. Russell film starring a pretty stacked cast of Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington with a very strong supporting cast. Now, while not the first name you think of making a bunch of money, um, David O. Russell's most recent film, Joy in 2015, made only $56 million, but he does have 2013's American Hustle and 2012's Silver Lining Playbook, both making more than $100 million. So I think with the stacked cast, this could maybe pull something like Lady Gaga, potentially, uh, and with the uh, um, A Star is Born, and I think really leg it out there. Um, and then we also know we also have Puss in Boots, The Last Wits, which is the latest in the Shrek franchise after 11-year hiatus. Now, all Shrek films have made at least $140 million, but that was many years ago. So will Nostalgia and, and, and wanting to have be counted programming to Avatar help this family-friendly film lug it out? I think it definitely could for sure. So again, between five and seven films grossing $100 million in addition to the two uh, $100 million openers, so between seven and nine films for the last third of the year, adding to our you know 9.5 film forecast by the end of August, that's between 16.5 and 18.5, um, so between you know seven, 16 and 19 films total. A little bit before the 20, below the 20 films I had said at the beginning of the year, but honestly not bad given that a bunch of films that I thought would, do, that would be heavy hitters got pushed back to next year. There's also the opportunity that, you know, another film could break out and be a surprise hit. Um, so who knows? We could maybe still get to that 2020 film mark. In any case, for the rest of the episode, let's dig into a week-by-week breakdown of the next four months um, and what films are coming out. Um, notably, I'll be doing uh, only theatrical releases and ignoring Netflix or other streaming releases. Now, as I noted, this weekend is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, conservative estimates have it, you know, about 70, $175 million, um, though box office pros and myself have it in the neighborhood of about $190 million to $210 million, so call it $200 million for this weekend. Um, on the weekend of May 13th, next weekend, or I guess the weekend after, um, the only wide release I can find is uh, having any sort of impact is Firestarter, which is a Bloomhouse universal science fiction horror film about a pyrokinetic girl with a simultaneous peacock release. Um, Box Office Pros has a forecast for 6 to $11 million. Um, there's also a family comedy called Family Camp from Road to Attraction that doesn't look great, so I don't think it's going to make that much of an impact either. Uh, May 20th, the wide release is the aforementioned Downton Abbey, A New Era. Um, the expected opening from box office pros is about 16 to $20 million, which is about in line with a kind of a reduction from the first one's $31 million opening film. Um, we also have a new A24 film called Men from the director of Ex Machina and Annihilation, which might break out if they're able to manage it right, though I think that is Men's limited release weekend, so we'll see if they're able to repeat the magic of everything everywhere all at once. Uh, rounding out May, on Memorial Day weekend, you have uh, the Bob's Burger movie from Fox. Uh, Box Office Post has it at about 7 to 12 million. The closest analogs I can think of maybe are like the Simpsons movie or a South Park movie. Um, those, those were decades ago, so who knows if this point for adult animation and the box office has passed. Um, the real question for Memorial Day will be the aforementioned Top Gun Maverick from Paramount. Featuring the return of, of De- Tom Cruise to the skies, Box Office Post has it at 94 to $130 million, which is in that range of possibilities for opening over $100 million. I actually didn't even consider it might open to $100 million because uh, all of Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible films have only gotten up to, I think, $65 million is the most. Um, but who knows? This could just be like that summer film everyone's looking for, you know. Uh, and so maybe this one just gets to, uh, gets to $100 million uh, opening weekend. 
Uh, moving into June, the first weekend of the third does not have a lot of big names actually, um, probably because the awkward weekend between Top Gun and the next film. Um, so it's mostly some smaller stuff like Crimes of the Future from Neon, Benedictson from Lowtide Attraction, Fire Island from Searchlight, and Watcher from IFC Midnight. Uh, June 10th uh, is the is the world with dinosaurs rule the world Jurassic Park Domin Jurassic World Dominion no official opening numbers forecasted from box office post here on out but I do have it opening uh, definitely north of 100 million dollars I think um, this is followed up on June 17th with Pixar's Lightyear uh, again a juggernaut that may that you know may don't want to go up against hence the lack of competition so they again open north of 100 million dollars. Uh, the last weekend of June the 24th has some interesting things coming out. Uh, probably the biggest film is an Elvis biopic directed by Baz Luhrmann starring Austin Butler and Tom Hanks. Uh, musical biopics range very wildly from Chadwick Boseman as James Brown in Get On Up, which made $30 million, uh, Rocket Man starring Taron Egerton as John, uh, as John Elton, uh, Elton John uh, making $96 million, and then Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody, powering out to over $200 million. Um, so yeah, that's, that's Elvis that weekend. Who knows where that range is going to end up. Um, you also have a supernatural horror Blumhouse film called The Black Phone, directed by the director of the first Doctor Strange movie, actually. He backed out of the second one before Sam Raimi took it over and then ended up working on this one. Um, it's, uh, you know, Black Phone. Uh, it's limited releases, but, you know, um, so so we'll see where that goes. goes. Um, also limited release is the adorable-looking Marcel the sell with cells on from a24 um limited release so not going to be big but could also be very cute and, and have good word of mouth uh, moving into July, we have July 1st, uh, you know, heading into the uh, July 4th holiday, being led by Minions Rise of Gru, which we already talked about should be at least at least gross, if not open to $100 million. Um, July 8th is headlined by the next Marvel film, so no competition. Thor Love and Thunder, again, opening to $100 million, probably. Um, July 15th, um, probably due to not wanting to be right after Thor. Um, they're mostly smaller profile films. Um, we have the aforementioned animated film from, uh, I believe it was uh, Paramount Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank, um, animated martial arts pet comedy, uh, and apparently the director is the director of Lion King, uh, and Stuart Little, who I didn't know were the same person, and he also did the Wuxia film uh, Forbidden Kingdom with both Jet Li and Jackie Chan, so that's an interesting resume. Um, also releasing on the weekend is Sony Pictures' Where the Crawdads Sing, which I think may have some legs, at least as a Oscar contender, for Best Original Song, uh, with Taylor Swift singing a song for it. Um, and then there's also an STX horror film called Bed Rest. Uh, July 22nd, we have the aforementioned Nope from uh, Jordan Peele, um, which, no, not opening to $100 million, but should be able to, I think, leg it out there. And then July 29th, closing out the month, is Bullet Train from Sony Pictures, starring Brad Pitt, among others. That seems rather John Wick-esque on a train and should uh, be a good time. Um, opposite, we have the animated DC League of Super Pets film that has been pushed back to this date from earlier in the summer. Um, and it has the voices of Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, Kate McKinnon, John Krasinski, Diego Luna, and Keanu Reeves, among others. Um, so kind of your late family film for the summer. Now, as I mentioned earlier, August is a bit of a more experimental month for studios with potential breakout films are released. Um, the first weekend of August on the 5th, we have the aforementioned film Filipino-American comedy Easter Sunday starring Joe Corey, releasing from Universal. Uh, we also have a superhero film starring Owen Wilson and Michael Pena from Paramount called Secret Headquarters. Um, and then an A24 slasher film Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. 
August 12th, there's actually no real releases that I can talk about. Um, so skipping ahead to August 19th, um, we have an Idris Elba-led thriller film called Beast. I can see this one being similar to maybe the Has Fallen franchise with the most recent Angel Has Fallen opening to about $20 million and legging it out to about $70 million. So, you know, Idris Elba doing Idris Elba things. Um, and then the last official week weekend of August 26th has a thriller from Sony Pictures called The Bride, um, which is uh, with a, a horror film called Fear from Hidden Empire releasing, and then the superhero film starring Sylvester Stallone from United Artists called Samaritan, which none of these should be that consequential. There was, of course, Labor Day weekend the following weekend in September, uh, the, um, and there, technically there is a movie releasing August 31st, the Wednesday before, a film called 3,000 Years of Longing, uh, featuring Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton, uh, directed by George Miller of Mad Max fame of all people. No deal details on this one. It's premiering at Cannes in July this year, so we'll get more news about it uh, then. In any case, that is the second third of movies from 2022 previewed. Uh, definitely feels we're definitely back in the swing of things box office wise with a lot of big films and you know some mid-sized ones coming out in over the summer. Um, you know, knock on wood, there's no more uh, theater closers or lockdowns. Uh, I'm for sure going to have a lot of fun not only trying to go see these films in theater, but also following the box office to see which ones overperform, which ones fall short, and hopefully more of the former than the latter. And with that, I think that's a wrap for this episode. Uh, let me know which films from the summer you're most excited for via email at boxofficewatchpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. Our show is on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you subscribe and leave and consider leaving us a review or at the very least tell a friend. Any of that helps. If you're feeling extra generous, consider supporting us on Patreon, which has been made not only this show, but all the other podcasts I work on. Links to all that in our notes. Uh, numbers come from thenumbers.com. Intro and out the music from Kevin MacLeod and Competent of IO. Editing production by Ninja Boy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch Podcast. And remember, our watch goes on. Yeah.